0: This is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. afraid we missed it the countdown didn't start till right after it went and then it went zeros Sorry. Oh, oh. just edit this whole thing yeah. all right everybody chug yeah. your beer start over Check. <laughs>
1: i just can't get the pop right we're the one we did oh, down God. in uh three
2: lakes was oh <laughs> no but you're you're uh your diet pepsi or diet Coke halfway through. was... The Coke Zeroes, yeah, Coke Zero. <laughs> Those were that <laughs> that was just crack. crisp. That was crisp, yeah.
1: You have a dime, a Pepsi drinker for reasons we won't discuss.
0: <laughs> but uh, so I want to start off this week by just saying thank you, thank you to all the people who showed up today for the Gobblers and Garbage event. Thank you guys for showing up. We had a great turnout today, and we picked up an ungodly amount of garbage. And, yeah, uh, man, like just over two much? and a
1: half tons, like 5,100 pounds or something like that. Man, we crushed it. Yeah. That's nice.
0: And we had a really good time. I mean, I had a lot of fun uh, shoveling dirt off of what I didn't even know was a boat when we started picking it up. Archaeology expedition. It really was. It. You know, we got it, We got into there, we were picking stuff up, and I said, wait a minute, that's a boat. Fiberglass boat. Just hanging out. So we first pulled up, I could tell it was fiberglass. But it had like a love seat and a chair sitting on top of it and a bunch of other garbage. So picked all that stuff up. Started picking up this fiberglass. And what keyed me into it was the fact that we found that piece of fiberglass with the hook for the trailer on the front of it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it's a boat. Uh, but it was buried under this big old pile of dirt and, but we shoveled it off and strapped it to the truck and pulled this piece off and pulled that piece out. I mean, we, we probably hooked up to that thing with a tow strap and ripped it to pieces four or five different times. Just to try to get it up out of the ground so we could, we could get it in the back of the truck in a match truck or in the trailer. But Dude, that thing was in about four or five different trucks and
1: trailers by the time we were done with it. <laughs> yeah. We,
0: we pulled up to the, to the dump and they said, what's that? I said, fiberglass. <laughs> <laughs> is is that a is that he? what did we ask if it was uh i can't remember i was like yeah sure it's fiberglass ignore those serial numbers yeah yeah but we got it out of the woods and tires oh the tires that were in the back of adam's God. truck
1: oh yeah man we i had i had eight in the back of my truck he had 12 so that's at least 20 tires and then other people had other various tires so I, we might have been Right around 30 tires got
3: pulled
2: over. How do those people, they take them out there for fires? they just blow tires or they got... They don't well, look. shoot. I was going to shoot. It's Lake County, so you got people that got 60 tires in their yard and they just get rid of them somewhere. No, Sorry, a lot, a lot right. of
1: transfer stations won't take them. So oh. people don't... They just go they've either them. been turned away or they just chuck them because they're hard to get rid of. But now a lot of transfer t- stations will take them and the Tveri's... It's not a landfill anymore, but the Taveri station, they had a whole dumpster for them. It yeah. Like, Why are they in the woods? It's not that
2: far away.
0: Uh, but in Lake County, they're not tires, gentlemen. They're flower
2: pots. Yeah. Or fire starters. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. Edit that out.
1: <laughs> you know, we were talking about that boat. I had a moment when you were cutting that one piece down the middle so we could get it in the truck. And I reflected just real quickly. I was like, you know, we're cutting this boat up. But for somebody, they bought that boat new with all these great ideas of what they were going to do. And they probably did a bunch of it. Like how many fish did that boat catch? Or were they pulling little kids on water skis and things like that? And then eventually it got old. And I I assume that somebody recycled or, or dismantled anything that was of value in the boat and then somehow thought that the best thing they could do with it was hollowed out into the Ocala national forest. But I wish, I do wish I knew how old that boat was. I don't know. There's something about me that's like that boat was a lot of fun for somebody at some point. And here it is, you know, a couple of rednecks out here with power tools, cutting it up to go into a landfill. You
2: know, having a story, having grown up in this area, I can tell you that that boat made it to the forest. Because somebody's kids said, hey, we can put this behind a truck and pull it down the road. Could be. Could be.
1: Well, it's crazy about that. But That's how
2: it, it got busted up against that yeah. tree.
0: I oh, guarantee slinging it. it?
1: Yeah. yeah. There's probably somebody on it. Yeah. <laughs> drinking a beer. <laughs> hey, y'all, watch got it.
2: Got slammed into a tree at 45 miles an hour.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: What's weird about it is we, so BHA did a hunt out there. In January, and Gene Weldon and I stumbled on a boat that actually you guys also knew about. So a bunch of people knew about this boat.
2: Yeah, I had seen it several times just riding through the woods
1: we had these grand plans of cutting up this boat and brought all these tools. And originally we tried to call Forest Service and found out that if they take it, there's some convoluted process where they've got to try to track down the last lawful owner and see if they still want it. Because even though it's been torn apart and is now sitting in the middle of the Ocala National Forest, in theory, it's still a vehicle that belongs to somebody. So I understand why it's a complicated process that they just didn't want to get into. So we get ready to go out in this grand gesture, we go out there and the boat's gone. So somebody, there's another crew much like us, that if you hear this, props to you for pulling that boat out because we know it wasn't easy.
2: Yeah. Or we'll find it. That you know, three I, was miles away. With,
0: I was talking with Jordan about that earlier the other day, and my biggest fear is exactly what we just talked about. The reason that boat's not where we where we basically left it when we found it the first time is because somebody did exactly what we talked about. They hooked up to it, put some idiots in the back of it and drug it behind a pickup truck through the woods. And now it's just three miles from where we left it somewhere else in the woods. Yeah, we'll stumble on it. Eventually. Yeah. I mean, we, we spent enough time wandering around up there. We'll find more of that stuff. Just keep marking it, going out there and picking it up. I mean, it was easy enough for us to take that stuff. Now that we know where to go to take our garbage to. Yeah. It's easy enough yeah. to get out there and get more of that stuff. So.
2: Here's a question. Gobblers for garbage. Did anybody hear any gobbles or shots or?
0: No, man.
1: Uh, I did see, I did run across some turkey tracks in a place. But, and I had calls in my mouth, or I should say I brought calls. I had them in my pocket. I brought mouth calls and I had them in my pocket. Um, but as soon as we got out there in the National Forest Road, I turned off the hard road. I don't think I got. 25 yards down the road and there was garbage so i just i just switched into garbage mode man and didn't even <laughs> yeah. think about turkeys until yeah me. but in the past last year when i was out here alone i was coming out like at six o'clock in the morning and be bobbing down the road and i'd have my garbage bag in my in my hand and you know burp, 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 you know and okay occasionally i'll sit here <laughs> you know, like, oh, turkey <laughs> over there. how does yeah. that go jim
2: I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. Now's when you wish you had the uh, the visual aspect as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble. Yeah. But anyway, you know how that
1: is. Gobble! When When you hear that,
2: yeah, that pow,
1: you know, off in the distance unexpectedly, uh, you know, it's like,
2: go hey, right you CON DEFCON 1, yeah. man, like, <laughs> where's my shotgun?
1: And, oh, it doesn't start. For, oh, damn, I don't have a permit for pipeline, you know, but, yeah. you know, it still made it it didn't dishonor the effort to haul the trash out. It, and I, I know some places where I'm pretty sure
2: there are turkeys, but once again, I did not
1: draw a permit for pipeline.
2: Right. So That's why, yeah. It's the way. You next, know, there will be a a belt on my boat next week, and I'll be on the river early morning next week. So something, Something that
0: really hit home for me today was having those ladies show up that found the event because we tagged... Ocala National Forest in it. They had nothing to do with Under Pressure Outdoors. They had nothing to do with BHA. But they cared for the forest. They saw that event come up and they wanted to take time out of their day to come out there irregardless of scoring any points or winning any prizes just to pick up garbage. And to see people like that that are willing to come out just for the good of our public land that's, that's where it's at.
3: Yeah,
2: you know that's that's the biggest reason I'm I'm sad I had to work and miss it because I was really like I I had broadcasted it out there to I joined, I think I joined like, fifteen different pages, that had anything to do with Ocala, and posted it and I was like, man, I really wonder how many of these people are actually going to show up. And but what what
0: I what really hit home for me there is we were able. As sportsmen and women, to take these people, these ladies that had nothing to do with the organizations that brought the hunters there, and show them that there is more to true outdoors men and women and hunters and fishermen than what they see at the roadside gas station of Cal National Forest. There are truly people out there that care. We want to go out and consume the natural resource via take of game. But we care so much about the woods we do it in. Absolutely. To where we're willing to go back out there, give up our Saturday, our entire Saturday, just to pick up garbage. And I, I mean, I had a good time. I had a lot of fun. Rylan had a blast. Amanda was out there. Uh, Carson was out there telling Rylan where to pick up garbage at. <laughs> Over there, over there, over there. And he was just picking it up, throwing it in a garbage bag. She got him some of those little, uh, like, the the gloves they wear at Publix when they're not Publix, but, well, Publix, too, but, like, Subway, when they make your sandwich. Oh, yeah. And they're way too big for his hand. He looked like he was just ready to whip up a mean Subway sub <laughs> out there just picking up beer cans and everything else, throwing it in a garbage know, I bag. Can,
2: I can only imagine the amount of beer cans that got picked up today. Hundreds of gallons. Oh, gosh, dude, man. What, what me and you picked up at the boat ramp, what, like a month ago or whatever? Yeah. That, it was insane. It It was literally almost nothing but, I wouldn't say beer cans, but alcoholic beverages.
1: I'm curious, having spent a lot of time picking up beer cans last year, what brand of beer can dominated the litter bud light oh yeah like for for you for add all the other beer brands together and they would almost equal the amount of bud light cans out there (laughs) and i don't know if that means that's a symbol of how much bud light is sold in florida or if it is just the beer of choice for people that otherwise could give a rat's patoot ass, uh, yeah, exactly yeah. about <laughs> <laughs> what the right thing to do is, man.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, I want to say, and I pointed this out to uh, the guys today when they were picking up beer cans, or the the kids were picking up beer cans, and we were cutting up the boat. Um, they said, you know, they found a lot of Bushlight, they find a lot of Bud Light, they find uh, a of Ultra cans. You find natural light cans and i said i want you guys to take note of something i said all these beer cans you find out here in the different brands i said you don't hardly ever find a miller light can you know why that is because that's a different breed of man that drinks a Miller. but you know (laughs) you know what i you know
2: what i took out of that all those people were watching their weight they're drinking light beer
0: i said miller light
2: i know but did you find any bud heavy
1: no very little man no you're right you're right
2: (laughs) sometimes (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah. the runner-up. And uh, I've never really Smirnoff. been... off. No, man. Polar Pop cups. <laughs> oh, man. Holy it's crap.
2: It's because they're 79 they're the cents. Ones. They're 79 cents at the dang... Why would you buy the little one for 79 cents when you can buy the extra large?
1: Yeah, because you get to put a lot of that crushed little rabbit turd ice in there and make everything <laughs> ice cold. That's my brand, but... <laughs> I understand. I'm not that guy, but I do understand how there are a lot of them New Jersey cat ladies out there that are just trying to ban big soft drinks and 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 styrofoam in general. Because if you're out there in the woods picking it up, eventually you're like, "Good Lord, <laughs> for God's sakes, man!" I know you go to Seven Eleven. You can dump this back there too. Yeah, or Let's just, sorry, Circle
0: K. But
2: I was to say, smokers is a last stop before you get to the forest, and they have the Polar Pops. So.
0: Well, that's where the Polar Pops come from. That's I guarantee point. if you went to that gas station, the one you originally wanted to meet at, we in the area know that as smokers. If you went to that gas station and changed out all of those Polar Pop Cups to Blaze Orange Polar Pop Cups, give it two years, Whole you're going to go out in the woods orange. Blaze Orange Polar Pop Cups everywhere. Yeah.
1: Make them easier to find.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: <laughs> you know, Speaking of that gas station, I love it, man, because it's the quintessential Southern Gas Station. You go in there, They get all the basic essentials, and they got the fried food counter where you can go in there in the morning. You can get yourself a fried egg on top of bacon, on top of a piece of country fried steak on a biscuit, and they may as well deep fry that sucker too. Oh, God, those places, they make the south
2: run. So being from the area, you think smokers is good. Hot tip right here. You go to the gas station on the other side of the street, their breakfast on fire. Their Can't chicken
0: tenders it. for lunch are oh. killer.
2: Yeah. It's now even you know. more it's even more podunk than smokers, but their food is like the lady behind the counter probably makes it.
0: No kid. Now the, the big the gizzards, difference
2: is... the gizzards at smokers are better.
0: The reason but, that smokers is so much busier than the other gas station is because there's more room to park and hang out.
2: Yeah
1: i don't even consider the other gas station because it's so the chevron
2: over there they're the only one that has diesel in altoona oh you know
1: i pride myself on checking out the little guy i feel bad especially since then they got a better breakfast and i don't even come up here that much but i do stop into that place if i'm up here early in the morning
2: i can get me some fried food on a biscuit they're chicken there yeah they're chicken biscuits amazing you wouldn't even, I wouldn't even consider it gas station food.
0: Now you see how close we live to where we were today. And you can understand why we're in that area all the time.
1: I do. You know, a place I hunt <clears throat> up in Georgia, guess I'm going to give them little free props here, but it's called Aiden's. And I really can't figure out the Aiden's chain because no two Aiden's are alike. There's no real mix. You don't know what you're going to run into. Some of them have almost nothing in them. Some of them have everything. But the Aiden's in Broxton, Georgia has got what may be the greatest sausage biscuits, or sausage and gravy, I should say, that exists in the Southeast. I just have, I don't know what it is, man. I have this affinity for gas station food, which may be part of the reason I'm the shape I am.
2: Construction has given me the affinity for gas station food. I I hate it, but I love it in the same thing. You want
0: South Georgia chain gas station breakfast, lunch, cooked there in the gas station, Parker's. Parker's breakfast, and they're chicken tenders or chicken, period. You go in there and get like a bucket of chicken, bucket of fried chicken. I used to live down the street from one when I lived in Allenhurst, and we, we I want fried chicken for dinner. All right. Just go to Parker's and get Parker's chicken. Man, we're not driving me. to get we're not driving to get popeyes we're not driving to get kfc we're going right down the street and we're getting parkers and then every time briar would come up there and hunt on the lease we would sleep sleep in my house and the lease was only about 15 minutes down the road and and uh he would say well we're gonna um we're gonna go get breakfast at parker's in the morning before we go before we go to the woods I'm like, yeah, I guess we'll wake up an extra 10 minutes early so we can go get breakfast at Parker's at 3 a.m. Because they were 24 hours. So you could roll up in there at any given time. And they got biscuits and gravy and corned beef hash and bacon and eggs and you name it. It's just all spread out in there behind their counter. So we'd go in there and get you a to-go plate and head to the woods. It's a beautiful
1: thing, man. I discovered things like fried cauliflower, (laughs) fried broccoli fried corn nuggets all at gas stations like you know nobody likes to really well some people like broccoli but fried broccoli uh, <laughs> holy cow it's a whole different
2: experience people in any anything <laughs> fried people eat.
1: i don't know why we cook things differently <laughs> fry it smoke it that's pretty much all you need
2: smoke broccoli let's try it
1: you know maybe to, to bring this back to uh the more highbrow stuff we were chatting earlier, Will mention that sometimes hunters aren't perceived as conservationists, which is to almost anybody that's a hunter is ridiculous. Um, but to lay that public perception in some of the advocacy work that we're doing on behalf of the Point Washington State Forest, where Walton County's trying to drive a road right through the center of it to some unexplicable reason, I've had to reach out to other organizations that play in the conservation space but are are not hunting oriented and during one of the conversations i had with the ceo of thousand friends of florida his name is paul owens um I, admittedly i was almost a little concerned that perhaps because we have such a consumptive conservation base in backcountry hunters and anglers that they might not be willing to help which was I apologize to any member of a thousand friends of Florida for this because I was absolutely wrong and they were incredibly willing to help. And not only that, I think he sensed my hesitancy and he was very clear in saying that they believe that sportsmen, hunters and anglers are some of the greatest stewards of our natural resources and public land. And that made me feel like a million bucks. And to all of you that are listening to this podcast, um, I hope that you realize that and know that despite the fact that there are some entities out there for reasons that aren't worth really discussing that do like to castigate what we do as being somehow inherently evil, that a lot of organizations that support conservation recognize that hunters and fishermen are carrying an awful lot of the load. And I, like I said, that just made me feel great.
2: You know, and, I, and just having been like a hunter and a fisherman my whole life. I just don't understand how people that like look upon that aren't necessarily into the sport itself or against it. Don't understand that I enjoy the. I don't. I don't want scenery. I'm going to say scenery, but I don't necessarily mean scenery. But I enjoyed that just as much as I enjoy the hunt itself. Like, I enjoy the woods, or I enjoy the water. I just enjoy being there. And and I know that I have to be a steward of that to continue to have that for future generations.
0: You know, I, <clears throat> I was talking to my wife earlier today, and I told her, I said, I don't want... To have my kids at 10 years from now, like when I was 14, 15 years old, when I really started to kind of venture out on my own and go get on my bike and go fish and whatever, I always remember my dad, every time he'd tell me stories, he would say, well, you used to be able to, or it used to be, or, and we have lost... So much because we didn't care the way we do now, then, to an extent, right? There wasn't the advocacy groups that you have now um, that many years ago, and they didn't play as big a factor in everything. We just kind of thought, oh, well, you know what? We can just go from here to there, there, and then those those places gradually just disappeared. They became private property. The lakes became inaccessible. They were surrounded by houses. You can't try to find a dove field in the state of Florida anymore without paying an ungodly amount,
2: or well, that's not bouguarded, right? And
0: or and then the public land dove fields are like, yeah, it's a open spot. Go sit in a chair. You can't do that. <laughs> Point fingers at Jim.
2: Yeah, uh, he, because Jim Jim had an experience earlier with that this year.
1: With uh, sitting in a chair.
2: No, sleeping in the you had to sleep in the truck the night before just to, to get a spot at the field.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, that was um, that was a tenorock, and um, to be fair, I don't think we necessarily had to spend the night, but we wanted to have a, a BHA event there, and as I recall, it was the first twenty five people, and twenty six was not getting in, and we. Put that event out and had an enormous response where i think we actually had close to 30 people say they were going to be there and knowing that there was prob- potential conflict i'd suggested that people go out there overnight and we did we had a, we had a great time man we had dinner and um, the folks at tenorock actually thought it was neat they they thought that was a success that their event was going to be so popular that people felt they had to get there the night before, because it was the first time I'd ever seen it. And thankfully we did, because by 4.30 in the morning, if you weren't there,
0: you didn't get in. But you look at, think back 35 years ago, where where could you dove hunt? Just about anybody with an orange grove. There was a lot more open space in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, with
1: 200... 300,000 people a year moving here Yeah, development's going to be part of the course of action and it's almost like this catch 22 just with regards to hunting in general because if you go back to the 1950s and 1960s when we were really only 20 or 30 years from practical sense into the North American conservation model there really there was a lot of people that went out to hunt they just didn't have any success. So I sometimes listen to the stories about how easy it was to hunt. And I think that part of the reason it was easy to hunt is the only people that were out hunting were people that liked to walk in the woods anyway, because that was probably going to be the end result. Yeah. <laughs> but as an, this is wonderful. It's a catch 22 because of the wonderful success of the North American conservation model that is Maybe not, it's not entirely driven, but the overwhelming majority of the funding for species reintroduction, species recovery, habitat maintenance that's all due to hunters, shooters, the taxes paid through Pittman Robertson. Yeah. That's all reallocated through hunting licenses. You had this great boon where, as the hunting got better, more people were buying licenses. And as a result of more people buying licenses, there was more competition. So then people wanted to start leasing land and there became money in that. So sportsmen, to a certain extent, are victims of their own success, which also then kind of dovetails back into why I get so frustrated if somebody ever tries to portray sportsmen as... Not being conservationists, or worse, um, I can't think of right the right word is, but in uh, you know, opportunists or people that just purely take, yeah, that nothing's further from the truth. Of course, there's callous individuals everywhere, but as a general breed. You want to really see conservationists. You really want to see who's doing the heavy lifting. Look at that fellow in the camo who totes a shotgun on a weekend.
2: Yeah, You That's know something that we, we had kind of spoke earlier off recording about uh, the, the movie Stars in the Sky. And something that hit me about that was he said to uh, – there was a gentleman that had kind of conflicted, Steve Nell about uh, why you shoot these animals. Steve said, I guarantee you, as a hunter – I know more about that animal than you ever will in your life.
1: I yeah, because yeah. we spend so much time watching them. Yeah. And to be good at it, you have to learn to think like them. You and, have to understand what they're yeah. browsing on, how they travel, yeah. when they rise, when they sleep, where they sleep.
2: And and yeah. to do that, you have to spend that time outdoors.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: You know, if we're not if we're not stewards of our outdoors areas and we'd lose that you know possibility or or opportunity yeah. so
0: i think what we tend to forget is that these public lands that we enjoy are not free of ownership they belong to either the state or the federal government or they're leased by the state or the federal government and what I was to really tie that back into the garbage and garbage thing. When those lands become a burden on the state or the federal government, they don't have to continue to leave them open. Yeah. Nope. They but, could easily just take Seminole State Forest. So we have our, that the awesome small game hunts. I'd take my son there to fish. You can camp hike all that stuff. And they could go, nah, we don't want to open it anymore because we don't want to have to clean up
2: your crap. Say, that's why you see the Forest Service, you know, like that boat ramp we tried to find a while back. Forest Service, people trash it, don't take care of it. Forest Service says, eh, okay, Pfft, lays 10 trees across it. Get back there now.
0: They'll block the roads. They'll they'll, they'll bury uh, telephone poles in the ground. Yeah. You used to be able to go on the backside of uh, Farrell's Prairie and come in there. Can't do that anymore. That road's blocked off by telephone poles, right? It turned into a little parking lot, and you can walk back there. You used to be able to drive all the way back and put a boat in that pond. Can't do that anymore. Because that, that camping area back there has been trashed and trashed and trashed and destroyed. So because it became a burden, it got closed. Yeah. Uh, and if somebody would have stepped up and said, These idiots left trash and picked it up and got it out of there and cleaned it up, we might still be able to drive in there right now.
1: Yeah. And that's a real shame, too, because um let's face it, some of the people that are mistreating areas like the campground that you just talked about, they're anglers, and they, they went there, they threw their stuff down in the camp, they had a good time. Well, maybe they went out and caught fish, and then when it was time to leave, for whatever reason, it was just too much of a burden to haul the stuff that they hauled in out. And not all, right? In fact, I I suspect that a lot of the times when trash gets left behind, it's probably younger people. They don't have the perspective. Um, I think respect is just something that comes to most people as they age, right? Not to say that it's the absent young yeah. people, and I I spent a lot of time trying to build it into my own children, but for it to really sink in and gain perspective, that comes with age. I don't mean to wander too far off of that, but what's so, another thing I thought think about when I'm out there grabbing all that trash is how long it takes an individual or a group of individuals and how much energy it takes for them to take it out and how little energy it takes to take a, make a mess, right? I don't know what the time equation is, but it's got to be close to 10 to 1. So if it took you, it's probably even more than that, right? It took you a minute to pull your pickup truck out and dump your trash in the woods, and it's going to take us an hour, certainly 30 minutes to fix it. It's just so exasperating, you know. Um,
2: Or even the, the time consumption gets cut down if you just maybe take your trash and consolidate it into the bed of your truck as you go rather than leave it there. Yeah. Ocala,
0: I, Ocala National Forest, as well, is plagued. When I say plagued. It's plagued on an annual basis. Um, with a migrant group of people. I know you're talking hippies. about rainbow people. Yeah. And I don't. I mean, you. I was going to say rainbow people. And I'm, why, why do we call them rainbow people? I'm pretty sure it says on the side of the buses they drive around the rainbow group or something like that. Yeah. They come down from. I've seen tags. You know, I was going to say far, even
2: far northern states. Yeah, grandma, living in Ohio, knows them as the Rainbow People.
0: Yeah, that's what we always knew them as as kids. And but they come down in uh, like school buses and stuff like that, and they live out in the woods. And now that the area I was just talking about uh, was a very, at times heavily populated camp of theirs. And I in. <clears throat> The biggest problem is that they come down here, um, <clears throat> they litter the forest. Claim their stake. Yeah, they, there's, not, not just with beer cans, but with drug paraphernalia, um, with their dirty clothes, their everything, uh, they live here and then they just leave for a while. Um, they, if you, uh, I've had instances where, heard of instances where you leave your, you camped out there to hunt, you come back and everything but the tent is gone. They will just clean your stuff out and go. Uh, I have been surrounded by, personally surrounded by in my Jeep when I drove up in their camp, surrounded by them and demanded, what'd they demand? Alcohol? Drugs and alcohol. Drugs or alcohol to let us go. All we did was pull up in their camp you on know, accident. I, yeah.
1: I would, I really don't know anything about that, uh, that cultural group or that subgroup, however you want to refer to it. I would like to hope that even within that, before we just blaspheme them all, I'd like to hope that that is a small subset. I'd like to hope that for every hundred of them, folks that come down here, that you're really only talking about five to 10% that are, Unfortunately, leaving all the litter, the drug paraphernalia, making a bad name for, for a group. Um, so, whether it's, but it's still, the, I don't care what group you associate them with hunters, anglers, rainbow people, uh, four wheelers, the guys running around the dune buggies. I'll bet you if you were to take all of them and look at most of any of those categories, most of the people in there are good, most of the people don't want the thing destroyed. But unfortunately, there's always that rotten apple, man. There's a rotten yeah, yeah, apple it, in every bunch, and here we are doing yeah. it too. So uh, I
0: we're agree. all preaching to the
1: choir though, right? It's all the people that would haul garbage out of the woods would never throw it in.
0: Yeah, know? And I, I don't mean to uh, I don't. pigeonhole the whole group. I, I just speak from the experiences I've had. And maybe we just hit the bad ones. And like you said, every group has its bad apples. And hunters especially have plenty of our own bad apples that give us all a bad name. Yeah, I would say it, um,
2: unfortunately, that select few makes a large impact.
0: Yeah, right. Bad news travels fast. Yeah. So it's it's tough, and, and you know, like you're saying, Ocala National Forest is, is, and a lot of national public land, like federal land, like that, is extremely multi-use. Yeah,
1: you know, a lot of people. I don't know if people realize that how, because we live here. And it's just the big patch of woods down the road. How historically significant that is in the public land spectrum. Um, if you go back to 1891, technically Yellowstone is the first national forest, but in 1891 we didn't have a Department of Forestry or any national forests. It was actually covered under the Yellowstone, Yellowstone Timber Reserve, I think they called it. But it was, I think, the first... Woods, so to speak, that got some sort of federal protection. And then I think it was 1907 they passed an act that um, really created or designated national forests. And and I think at the time there was actually a lot of opposition to it because there's some things where they called them midnight forests where it was like just before an expiration date um, or some budgetary period all of a sudden a gentleman from Oregon who escapes my name kinda of snuck that in there and created a whole pile of forests in Oregon, Idaho and west of the Mississippi. But the first one east of the Mississippi, the granddaddy in nineteen oh eight, is the Ocala National Forest and it's you know, six hundred square miles of woods.
2: Yeah, I, was, I was gonna say, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the second largest beside the Apalachicola. Uh, oh, I don't,
1: is it the largest in Florida? I don't know. I don't pretty know sure
2: I, I believe Ap- 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 Apalachicola is bigger. The Everglades. Okay. Uh, that's not a national forest, though. Yeah, it's I not a think, national forest. It? I believe Ocala is the second largest beside Apalachicola.
0: We'll have the, to get into that and
2: uh, get back to you guys.
0: Yeah, there's three, four, I there's wouldn't three be surprised. national
1: forests: Apalachicola, Ocala, I guess the big. Who's the third one? I can't. It, it was big. If it's not in my area. Was big Cypress? Well,
2: I'm not. sure. I wish sure. we had
1: callers. You could have somebody call in. What's the third national forest in Florida? Yeah. We could cheat and Google it, but
0: oh, we'll I'm there. I'm cheating right now. Yeah. I we'll maybe
1: we'll have to cut this part of the podcast out so we can all sound brilliant. No,
0: it's all right. We you know uh, Joe Rogan has Jamie, so I'm playing the role of Jamie right now. Um, well, that doesn't help me any. How, how big is it i don't know it's
1: osceola it's national like, Forest. oh yeah up by jacksonville yeah. yeah that's why they call the black bear population up there the osceola population
0: yeah
1: well i can do a whole podcast on that um yeah man but the ocala national forest it's pretty special um and you've got back in the day when they had the the cca projects uh, during the great depression they're There's actually a cabin called the Sweetwater Cabin that sits on Sweetwater Spring. And to get access to that thing for a week, like if you wanted to try to get a week in it in 2022, you got to enter the lottery between now and May. And you get to pick your three top weeks. But I would also assume that if you want to stay there May through August, you're probably really (laughs) up against some competition because apparently people from all over the country try to book that Sweetwater cabin, but it was built in the 1930s. Wow. So it's on a spring and then you've got Juniper Springs is another, um, it's still currently heavily used today because it's about eight feet deep, but that place was, used to have a mill on it that used to drive the electricity for the area. Um, Alexander Springs is a uh, first magnitude spring. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. There's so many things in the Ocala National Forest that I think a lot of us just take for granted. And that's not even getting into some of the cultural significance of the civilizations that were here and some of the um for lack of a term small frontier towns that sprung up just before the area was designated as a forest. And it's still one of the few places like you go out to Sellers Lake, for instance, it's a lake in Florida just happens to not have very few houses on it. In fact, I think there's two, um, but you can drive out in the middle of Sellers Lake and you're in 30 feet of water. You can look down and you're looking at the bottom. There's just not many places left in Florida that you can still
0: do that. You you can't can't be giving away my secrets, Jim.
2: I'm coming back to here real quick. Maybe I just, Ocala national forest is 673 square miles
1: monster yeah for Florida especially of course that's why we've got more public land one of the reasons we have more public land in the state east of the Mississippi right so
0: you know Ocala National Forest really holds a special place in my heart because I spent so many nights as a young man 19 20 21 years old out there in those woods we would go out there we'd pick a a high hilltop or get up on the crest of a hill in those tall old growth pines and start a fire and sit there till the break of dawn in the woods in the dark and just listen to the woods be woods
1: i hope you're not telling me that i picked up some
0: of your beer cans when you were 22 I got a story about That's that in a second. Uh oh, this this is funny. This is this. We'll uh, forgive you now unrelated. I, I know you picked this, up ten
1: times what you left.
0: This was not my beer can, but at that time I was drinking Bud Light. So yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that that place it was it was a source of healing for me at times to be able to go out there and escape the normal life. Right, go out to the woods and be in the woods to be nowhere else. And it was always, it was Friday night. Hey, you want to go to the woods? Yeah, let's go. We'd go out there and ride out there and sit and listen to music and hang out and just be friends. Yeah. And I don't know, I mean, a young outdoorsman – as a young outdoorsman, you need a place like that. As a young kid, more kids should spend time in places like that.
1: I agree. I think, um, I mean, kids can actually find mischief anywhere, but the level of mischief that you can find in the woods is kind of limited to we built a big fire and maybe you snuck a couple of beers out of dad's fridge. Um, but aside from that,
0: we there's, got stuck,
1: yeah I, I got stuck. that was how I yeah. got you know? <laughs> yeah there's no um i mean you might you might come to blows with a person over you know things like that, but
0: but you, it's you better just rarely there, ever
1: read to somebody some kids really getting in trouble in the woods. it just doesn't happen you
0: know? it's It's better there than in school or the Walmart parking lot I mean yeah. stuff out there it's settled the old fashioned way, yep, you know. Um, but all right, lighthearted beer can, old beer can story. All right. We were out bow fishing the other night and we went to silver Glen Mm -hmm. and Jordan gigged a pull tab Budweiser can off the bottom of silver Glen.
1: I believe it. I found a couple last year walking around out here. I was like, that beer can's older than I am. I'm 50.
2: (laughs) That thing's (laughs) on the bottom of
1: silver
0: Glen. it. We we gigged more trash than we did fish that night. But he pulled that beer can up. I was like, Oh, that was a pristine specimen until you stabbed it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't But wait. It was Budweiser. Of course it was. Bud heavy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't even know if Bud Light existed back then. Probably not.
1: I don't think they did. I think Miller Light's actually. They were just the man.
2: Yeah, they were just men and they drank heavy beer.
1: You know, I, I'm old enough that I do remember old fashioned pull tab cans but i think they went away before i was 10 so that can
2: so you only had a few
1: well mine would have been like (laughs) grape soda (laughs) maybe a sip of dad's beer or something but i'm
0: are you 40 yet will no i just turned 30
1: (laughs) dude so i got
0: another 10 years
1: that, that can that you guys gigged off the bottom of Silver Glen was older than you guys are. Oh, yeah. Guarantee yeah. it. Easy. Yeah, that's amazing. Easy.
0: And I, it just amazed me of all the other garbage. I mean, maybe it speaks volumes, right? Because we we didn't, of all the other garbage we could have gigged, new garbage, we did, we we gigged old
2: garbage.
1: Actually, I was A just 40 thinking. A 40-year-old beer can. Well, Silver Glen is so clear. Like I'm thinking, how many dudes floated over that can and were like, ah, somebody will get it. Yeah, somebody finally got it, but some of the people that floated over that thing are dead.
0: But you yeah. didn't you didn't even, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't even a float over it. It was in, what, three feet of water, maybe? Yeah.
1: That's what I mean.
0: So, yeah. Hundreds,
1: thousands of people have seen that beer can and nobody thought to pull it up till Jordan stuck a shiv in it. I mean, good job, Jordan. <laughs> somebody. Yeah. You are the somebody.
2: Yeah. I, honestly, I think, uh, you know, being on the water is where I've got, most it was where my trash picking up habit came from because i just hate to see there you go. i just hate to see i hate i hate to be on the boat and see you know trash floating in the water or on the bottom or because you know you see it in the woods and i don't know i can't like sometimes you tend to pass it up in the woods but just being in the water you're like god you know like <laughs> yeah
1: like water's uh, the fountain of youth you know
2: yeah it just it sucks to see that kind of crap
0: and it's almost harder the cleaner the water is, like the clearer it is, to pass up. Yeah, it's really not. To not,
2: to be I, there. yeah, I will, yeah. I will go, out of my way, in the boat, like I I could see a piece of, a bag, floating across the water a hundred yards away from me, and I I'll, I'll drive out of my way a hundred yards go get it. But then you know on land it's, I don't know why it's just so much easier to pass up, <laughs> garbage on land. To because
1: me. it's so common. Yeah. Um, since I started really getting involved with BHA and the Gobblers and in Garbage Initiative, um, there was times where I might be out on a squirrel hunt, or and you know, you see that trash can sitting over there underneath a a bramble. And you're like, oh, yeah, damn, people shouldn't leave the beer cans here. Now I can't do it, man. I got to go over there and get that can. And anybody that's been out there on those hunts, you notice that I'm usually carrying that that little blue backpack from, you know, Boy Scout Jamboree, and it always goes out empty and almost always comes back full. Um, I don't know why, man. I just can't walk past it. And even one of the things that's great, and then I kind of took pride in today was when we went down that one national forest road, um, I kept stopping and picking up cans and picking up bottles and picking up cups. And I know that if you drive down that road tomorrow, you'd have to look really hard to find one. I don't know if I got them all, but it's, if you're looking for them, they're easy to find. Yeah. But right now, if you drove down that road tomorrow, um, you'd be hard pressed to find a bottle or can. And I don't know how many people are really going to notice it because you don't notice what's not there. Yeah. You know, so, and you know, the funny thing about all this, and I'm sorry to ramble, is it really wasn't that hard. No, <laughs>
2: you
1: know, it wasn't. We cleaned up two and a half tons of trash in under four hours, right? Because we started at eight. We didn't even roll out till about 8.30, and we were back by 11.30. So Jeez. for the most part, we cleaned up two and a half tons of trash between 22 people in three and a half hours. And had we had more dump trailers, we'd have probably cleaned up five
3: tons.
0: Um, now here's the thing. You think about this too. How much time did we stand there with all those full trucks after we cleaned up that giant pile with the boat in it? Just shooting a breeze. Yeah. Probably 20 minutes. Uh, how many? 20, 30 minutes. And all the time we spent in between there shooting the breeze. Because let me tell you, I shoveled quite a bit, and so did everybody else. And eventually, you get tired of shoveling dirt. So there was some standing there going, how do you think we can make this easier for 10 or 15 minutes? Oh, see,
2: you know, that takes real dedication, too, because like, even, even we just went to the boat ramp to fish the other day, there was a point where I had picked up so many beer cans and bottles and crap that I was like, this sucks
1: yeah you're kind of like i've done my part and it's still not good
2: this royally sucks like i don't want to do this but i know that i need to Yep.
1: How, how heartbreaking was it we got that boat out of the ground and and all that trash cleaned up and keith is like hey man we're on a pile and our truck is just full and not by the way, props to Boy Scouts. How in, how ingenious yeah, was that it. to take the mattress and the and the pallet and the plywood they found, and not just that truck wasn't just full. They built walls up the inside of that sucker. So it was like six foot from over the top of found. the bed from stuff they found. So when they said that thing was full, that sucker was full. Do you know the troop number? Nine nine six and five six five nine nine. One was from Lake County and one was from Orlando. So, so I just awesome. want to
0: give a, I just want to give a shout out to those kids for doing a. Yeah. freaking great job today
1: so but how heartbreaking was it when we come we go rolling down that road and we're literally capacity like we just can't take anymore and there's couch after couch you know like guess part of me it's like oh well, fellas when we wrap up this podcast go grab them couches you know it's just <laughs> yeah. where we're we gonna take them i mean getting that's the other hard part is and i don't want to throw anything under the bus because i understand that waste management is not it's not just a matter of dropping stuff off and they throw it in the ground. But as we discovered today, great. You went and got all that stuff. It's not just a matter of showing up at your average transfer station and saying, we'd like to throw this in your dumpster. Like we can only take household refuse. So, and then going, actually going down to the place and down at Tavares, um, thank goodness that, that, um, I wish I'd gotten her name, the young lady who was working the Astor transfer station, took the time to call a supervisor and take on our problem as her own and find us a solution so that we could go down to Tavares and um, and dispose of it. But when we got there, you had to put the tires in one bin, the electronics in another, the furniture in another, the other regular trash in another.
2: It's a task. It's hard. So it's a- I,
1: I kind of understand. And there's no excuse to leave it out there, but – I don't know if we can fix the system, but it would be kind of nice if it was a little easier to get rid of the garbage to do pick up.
0: I definitely have a better understanding after today of how large dump piles of garbage end up in the forest. I still and I not to give an excuse. It, it's it's easier to look at it and go, "Well, I know how those beer cans got there." Right? Could people riding into the woods throwing them out the window? But you don't ride through the woods and throw a boat out the window, <laughs> right? I know. <clears throat> so, but after trying to get rid of all the this massive six six tons of garbage,
1: no, uh, about f- almost six thousand pounds, six
0: thousand over five thousand pounds, 2, two, pounds sorry. two and a half tons. I am mistaken. Yeah. Five thousand pounds of garbage. Trying to get rid of five thousand pounds of garbage, and the difficulty we had doing it. Yeah, I I can understand to an extent how that garbage got there. I don't know that, I don't think it's hard to get rid of garbage, but is I don't know
2: that it's clearly defined anywhere how to do it. But, (laughs) how long did it, I mean, outside of her calling her supervisor, how long would it have taken you to to, to find a place to dump it? We tried for, so we started at about
0: 1230-ish, and we didn't get our garbage dumped until almost 4 o'clock.
2: Okay, 3 so o'clock. But well, if you got, if you we got a f- boat at the house, two days? But we also drove it. To find it, the place to. Drove it all over
0: Astor and Ocala and everywhere else to try and get rid of all of it. So.
1: I got to wonder about the people that maybe saw us go north on the highway. Like, look at that caravan garbage. And all of a sudden. South. South on the highway. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. what are them boys doing? Where would all that garbage come from? Yeah. I was kind of wondering the same thing. I was like, I wonder if anybody has seen us more than once, and they're like, look at all that garbage. There goes all that garbage again.
2: (laughs) You know, one thing that aggravates me is, uh, you know, living up here or living so close to the forest, you see some of the Facebook pages for, like, the communities. People post pictures, and they're like, look at this garbage that people are throwing out in the woods, and you're like, Where's right. the after yeah. picture where it's going? All right, cool. You so it uh, you posted about it. What would you do with it? You going to yeah. pick it up? Yeah. Yeah. How about instead of posting about it, you do something about it?
0: Yeah, be the solution.
2: Yeah. It's all I'm definitely. saying
0: is, okay, you, you can say, well, I don't have a truck. Well, if you needed that big screen TV in your house, you'd find somebody with a truck. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I get it. I mean, but you might not be able to get all of it, but like we were just talking about that. You're out there and you you don't have anything. I mean, pick up a can or two. Pick up a little plastic bag. And sometime in the next 24 hours, 72 hours, you're going to be at a 7-Eleven, Circle K, getting your own big gulp or Circle K Monster Gonzo. (laughs) Chuck it in a little can out there by the gas station. It's hard. I I understand
2: that. Yeah, there's been plenty of times where I pulled up to the gas station and unloaded a mass amount of beer cans into there. I want yeah. <laughs> I want to
0: run this by you guys. This idea I had earlier to see if you guys can come up with a way to keep this from getting abused cuz I noticed when we were at our uh at the where we our rendezvous point this morning, yeah. this morning and this afternoon, there were multiple cars that came through to look at the National Forest map. You see it in uh Residential neighborhoods and stuff where they have the dog poop bags. Right? Oh, I know where you're going. That's a great idea. Yeah. So, but how do we keep that from getting abused to where we don't find garbage bags in the woods? We, we build a stand that put it there at the map that says, hey, if you're going to visit the forest, take some garbage with you when you leave. Right? And I'm not asking you to pick up the amount of garbage we did. But if one out of every five people that came by there picked up a 30-gallon garbage bag, or we could even just stuff it full of Walmart bags on a regular basis, if, those, if, if one out of every three to five people that came in there and took a Walmart bag out of the woods of small stuff, that was better. That was, Chris, one break. Then, sorry to
1: interrupt you, man. You were on a roll.
0: <laughs> then we could. it would make a huge difference. Just in the small garbage, like the beer cans and the, the Polar Pop cups and all that stuff. But how do we build that and keep it from getting abused to where we don't see Walmart
2: bags all over the woods? You know, I think Walmart bags would might get abused. But trash bags why are you gonna come in and take a trash bag if you're not gonna pick it up? Or or why are you rolling through there to check out if if you set it by the map, why are you rolling through there to check out the map? You know what I mean? Well, so my first original thought was somebody's gonna go
0: we're out of garbage bags. Well, there's garbage bag down there, which I guess is still better. It's, it still serves a, a purpose, right? Cause if you're yeah. out of garbage bags. It keeps you from taking your garbage can full of stuff and going and dumping it in the woods. If you're going to yeah. take our garbage bag and put it in your kitchen trash can and fill that up and throw it in the garbage can. Even if you took your garbage bag full of stuff and threw it out in the woods, it saves me time. Cause I can just pick up <laughs> your garbage yeah, bag. No,
1: <laughs> you know, actually that's kind of funny. We were talking about how the efforts people go to throw the garbage out Teddy Gene Weldon and I, we were actually coming to find you guys, and we're kind of bobbing down the road, and I'm watching just so we don't pass any you know, fairly significant piles of garbage. And I look off, and I catch a glimpse, a glimpse of a whole bunch of bottles back in the woods. And they were quite a ways back there. And then when we got back there, you could tell that all those bottles and cans and whatnot had at one time been in a garbage bag. <laughs> and I'm looking at where we're at, and I'm thinking... Somebody bundled up all this bottles and cans. Drove out here and then walked 25 yards into the woods to get rid of them. I'm thinking, you you were in a car. They were already in a bag. And as we're talking, about smokers is 10 minutes away. Wow. How much energy... It was actually harder for you to get out of the car and walk it into the woods than it would have been to just drop it at the gas station.
0: I just want to throw yeah. this out there. You might think that that's recycling because you reuse the plastic bag, but it's not
1: no yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not if you left the bag in the woods
0: not if you not if you dumped the trash out of the bag and took the bag back to the house that is not. It is technically, by definition, you did recycle the bag, but that is not what they meant by yeah. recycling your plastic. You know what really so,
2: sucks, and it just kind of dawned on me when you said leave it at the gas station, but it's because if you leave it at the gas station, you risk the chance of getting caught, right? What
1: do you mean caught? There's a trash can out there you're supposed to uh,
2: Dumping in a whole bag of garbage. Yeah, because you can't fit a whole bag of garbage in their can, but if you dump a whole bag of garbage in the wood, who's, I mean who's there to watch you.
1: I don't know man I think that's kind of lame. And I, I would like to I'd like to hope that if I, I wired like into a Circle just... K and said, "Hey, can I throw this in your dumpster?" That oh, they yeah. they wouldn't say, "That's theft of service." I mean like, "Yeah, go ahead and throw it away." You know, um because what's the alternative? You're probably going to go dump it in the woods.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, here's my thing. Um if they tell you no, then you can go leave it by their dumpster on the ground because you're upset at them, and yeah. they'll probably throw it away for you.
2: How far is the transfer station from Smokers? Four uh, minutes.
0: Yeah, it's, it's well. No, trip. the Astor one is not, and so well. The, uh, Astor pa- one, the Astor one, the is probably further. Than the, yeah, Paisley's a lot closer. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah but I if mean, it's you know if it's midnight, transfer station's closed, but right. Smokers isn't, and I'll bet you that trash can's empty.
0: And yeah. I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but, but you're right, and especially if you're coming in there in the middle of the night, and stuff like that. The gas station attendant doesn't care. No. They no. don't. As long as you They don't get robbing. paid enough to care. Yeah, they don't get paid enough to care. are like, hey, man, I got a whole bag full of garbage I picked up in the woods. Can I throw it in your garbage can? Yeah. Sure. It's one bag. Now, if we'd roll up in the smokers and been like, hey, can we fill your dumpster up? Nah, I don't think they would have let that fly. We'd have done that today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'd have filled that dumpster up and stacked it outside if they'd have said yes, but... Anyway, man, you know, I think that was a groovy effort, man. Um, How about that? I was like getting hippie. But because we had so much unforeseen difficulty getting rid of it, um, and I guess so that we don't sound like knuckleheads, we actually had a coordinated plan to get rid of the trash. And just there was apparently a miscommunication where the dumpster that we were supposed to have access to was slap full. I mean, that dumpster probably couldn't have held everything that we had, but it would have held enough that if we had rolled up on a transfer station, they probably wouldn't have looked sideways at us and we would have just been able to throw it away. But unfortunately, I don't know whether they missed the pickup or somebody else beat us to it. Um, Our planned repository was unavailable, so we had to run around and do all that. Um, But going back to the success it's a good thing that our event wasn't more successful if we had had another 20 people in the woods or three or four more dump trailers it might have been it might have been instead of two and a half tons it might have been 10 tons and that would have been really scary because i don't know if that nice gentleman johnny at the transfer station would have taken 10 tons because we filled up a couple dumpsters in there we filled up a whole landfill dumpster if not more like that was, that was easy a good effort
0: Easy. All I'm saying is this, all right? We have taken today, we have learned our lessons to move forward from here. Yeah, get a roll off. Watch out, Gambler (laughs) 500. We're coming for your world record.
1: That would be awesome. You know, if you listen to this podcast, chances are backcountry hunters and anglers, at the opening or just before the opening of turkey season, is going to do another Ocala cleanup, and you know if we had a couple of volunteers that were willing to go out and get more volunteers. Um, how many yards did they clear it?
0: You I know, have look. to go back to and actually probably listen to that podcast I did with them because I, I read it verbatim off of their website. Jordan, look that up; it's on their it's on their website. I want to say it was like a hundred and sixty. The Gambler five hundred garbage cleanup. They they hold the world record currently for the for the most garbage picked up in an event they got people and garbage and but i think it, it would be great you know and i and I even thought like i talked to you earlier today i said like, i would love for under pressure outdoors to break a record i just don't know what record we could break because you ain't gonna see me doing you know the most pull-ups in 24 hours That's not gonna happen not unless they reduce that record to about one
1: yeah <laughs> i might need to work up to that at this point
0: uh I could I could probably you know what? Wow, i do you know I could do that? The most time spent in a chair. It's pretty rough. I wonder if there's a world record for the most amount of the uh the most consecutive hours slept in a tree stand. Yeah. I oh, could man. probably break that one.
1: I gotta figure Joe Rogan's probably gotta have the world's longest podcast because sometimes that guy gets in a roll and hasn't he done like a five hour
0: podcast? I don't doubt it. We've had some we had a we have one episode that almost, almost touched three hours. Oh, Zach, I've listened to a bunch of Under Pressure. That under-pressure was uh podcasts. that was one of the Budgeting the Bullet. I I want to think that that was Budgeting the Bullet Deep Dive into the Weeds where myself and Tyke Woden got super deep into our three-part series of uh rifle building as far as just the insanities you can go into it. And I want to think that one was about two hours and 48 minutes. But I- it's it's packed full of great content. If you're into building that just crazy yeah. rifle and different rounds, you can wildcat stuff and just get absolutely insane with it. Because uh, Tyke is an extremely knowledgeable gunsmith. And he, just, he is one of those types of people who... He came to me one day, he's like, well, I think I'm going to start swaging bullets. Which means he's literally going to make... He's going to fill his own bullet itself, not the bullet you think that you buy from Walmart, just the piece of bullet, that the lead that fires out of the gun. He's going to fill it with lead himself so that he can adjust the weight of the bullet by half a grain, quarter grain. After he reloads his rifles to whatever, to find the exact perfect match to achieve the thousands of a dent of an inch difference in accuracy to be as accurate as he can well, who because
1: he who doesn't want an ar-15 in 730 waters anyway yeah.
2: right <laughs> it says last year they collected 280 cubic yards oh wow that is a pile
1: how many how many cubic yards in one of those dumpsters 30 60
2: it depends on the size of the dumpster. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't ever see the dumpster. I,
1: I guess, but it's a 280-q. I cubic mean, your meter, average roll-off.
0: That's the question. How big is your average roll-off? How many roll-offs do we need to fill? The Ocala National Forest has the garbage for us to break the record. Easy. Easy, right? So we could get out there. The pile, one pile today filled up uh, a long bed F-350, a dump trailer, and two other truck beds. On two? top of that,
1: no, way more than two. We had seven or something like that.
0: Just that one pile. A lot of the other stuff came from. Oh, oh the just fr- the one pile. Just yeah, the right. one pile. Yeah. So the majority of our our trash we collected came out of the one pile. And then a piece, a big piece here, a big piece there, not so not so big a pile, whatever. But that pile we found today, there's fifty of those. Probably yeah. 200 of those out oh, there. Oh, yeah. Easy. And all you have to do is drive the main roads. Like I was telling those ladies this morning, I said, you want a pile of garbage? I said, you drive down railroad grade. It's going to be somewhere on railroad grade. 14 railroad grade, 22, all those big main roads that run through there. Yeah. Somebody has stopped and just given the garbage the boot out of the bed of the truck and drove off.
1: You know, I noticed that we were, we were actually driving to the dumpster, our first dumpster location that kind of backfired on us. I did. I felt bad because you're you're in the mode where you were already hawking garbage, so you you get an eye for it. It's kind of like your like your game eye, and all of a sudden you say, oh look at all that garbage on the side of the road where you can like it's spread over that garbage is spread over 25 yards where somebody threw that bag out probably at 60 miles an hour. Like oh man, if it wasn't <laughs> bad enough you threw the bag out, you didn't even have it closed, and the thing exploded like a paper bomb. Um. Anyway, by the way, I was looking it up that those roll-off dumpsters, I guess the most common size is 30 cubic yards, which means those dudes from Gambler filled up nine or ten of them. Jeez. 9.3. Though, I still go back to we, we, we filled up at least one, and we did it in three hours with 20 people.
2: They spent three days.
1: Yeah, they spent three days. Three days. I'm, I'm saying that between the, un, the Under Pressure Outdoor listeners and the BHA members in Florida – if you'd all just give up one day, we'd crush that world record.
3: Absolutely, yeah, we could yeah. do it. No, sure. easy.
1: Hell, we we drove by after we were genuinely capacity. we had, we drove by a dumpster full of couches. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And we had every I had every intention of going. If we if we had dropped everything at that first transfer station, we went to, we'd gone back. I was going right back to get those. Yeah. But by the time we had finished today, I was just yeah. spent. I was done. You gotta and, think you you guys focused
2: on an extremely small area of the Oh, forest. absolutely. You're talking about from Palatka to Umatilla, from Ocala to Seville. I mean, it's the forest is massive.
1: And what's crazy is that that's after the gamblers in a couple of years. And there's other trash cleanups out there. There's a gentleman and I mean, Officer Simmons and the organs, organizes one each year. And other dog hunting clubs and things like that. Yeah. will go out and clean up a road. So there's people hauling trash out of there all the time, and here we are with with reasonable confidence thinking, yeah, we can go pulling a 300 yards trash out of there in a day. We just need <laughs> we just need the manpower and the dump and the dump trailers to do it. And I don't think we're exaggerating. It just we just and maybe we should we try to advertise this thing a little more. And if everybody brings one more, you know, the next thing you know, we'd have two hundred people out there, and just kind of do them.
0: We've got a year. We've got a year to organize this. Yeah, we could do it. I think we could. I I really do. If we pulled together the resources, first off, the first thing we had to do is make sure we had our dump point there ready to go, so that because more than one dumpster, we had well, we had Matt's truck loaded up to the brim, first thing, boom, done. And then we were trying to figure out how to piece it, part it into other vehicles. So at that point, we could have sent Matt and said, go dump it. Take a guy, go dump it. Come back. We're going to start keep cutting, keep loading. And then we keep sending people away until that spot's gone, then we all pack up and leave and go somewhere else. But because we didn't have that collection point like that readily available to us, like at our rally point we first met this morning, if we had our dumpster there, we could have gone and dumped and come right back to where we were. And we could run that train back and forth. Yeah. So we start with that. And then we start with, then we go from there to the advertising and we keep going and going and going and going until, you know, if if we pulled 60 people, yeah, 20 there today. So we had 60 and we had seven tons right there. Yeah. Five dump trailers. Yeah. Too easy. And I say dump trailer, Matt's dump trailer is tiny. Yeah. If we had a big dump trailer. Did it actually dump? Yeah, it did. We didn't yeah. get to dump it, but it dumps. Yeah.
1: You know, we're we're making the Ocala National Forest sound terrible. Like, it's just this.
3: Just for, an for easy listeners,
1: place. And I think a lot of the people here uh-huh. already know this. It's just so big, and there's a whole bunch of little. There's National Forest roads that are hard pack, and then you have smaller roads after that. And, and I know this, too, because that one area that we cleaned up last year, I made a really dedicated effort in the gobblers and garbage program and I pulled out over 3000 pounds of trash all between the hard road and not even back to where you guys were more like back to where we thought the original boat was and it was so disgusting it it, it was it was really heartbreaking and I, I mean I cleaned and cleaned and cleaned and cleaned and I went I filled up my pickup truck You saw my pickup truck was pretty full by the time I got back to you guys with the exception of one dishwasher that I just couldn't fit in there. Like I said, you'd be hard-pressed to find any trash. So where I'm going with the long-winded story is I know that last year's effort to clean up that one section of the forest, I cleaned up years' worth of trash that it just hadn't been done in a while. So when you start talking about these efforts, like if we actually went out and broke a world record, if you could actually get that many people – Especially given the gamblers' efforts over the last two years, I would submit that right now there probably is a lot less trash than there were a couple of years ago. So if we actually put together an effort like that, you really—it's not going to stop the problem. There's always going to be un, uh, irresponsible people, but we would—we'd be unwinding decades of damage, and you could do it in a day, do it yeah. in a weekend.
2: The yeah. thing is, you—you you get somebody out there to do something like that, it brings that effort further to the forefront of their mind yeah. so say you know they go out there for gobblers of garbage they clean up and then you know three months later they come back out to the forest just to hang out they're gonna be like oh man i picked up all that garbage so they're more likely to pick up garbage that go around as well yeah so it just it it kind of creates a, a continual chain of thought
1: and if, i got another theory too you notice that you can kind of tell that some of the garbage is older than others, and I think that it starts out with one irresponsible person backs their truck up and piles a garbage out. Well, now the area is defiled. So another person's like, "Well, I know where I'll dump it," yeah. and you end up with these massive piles that build up over time. Well, if the first pile wasn't there, maybe the second pile wouldn't have been added to it. Right. And know, maybe that's wishful thinking that people would have, instead gone someplace else but once you've broken that taboo it's a lot easier to do it a second time so you know i don't know man i feel despite the fact we had kind of a pain in the butt at the end getting rid of the garbage those 20 some odd people that were with us tonight i mean every one of them is probably feeling pretty good they know that they went out and made a difference yeah and uh you know i mean that's that, at the end of the day it's not necessarily going to pay your bills but where else do you get it? I mean, what do we get out of that other than the fact that now we get to talk out on a podcast and drink a couple of cocktails? But I mean, at the end of the day, tomorrow, nobody's going to be patting us on the back about that. You just get to feel good right now and know you
2: did your job. That, that you know brings it right back to uh, being a steward. Stewart. Yep.
1: Altruism is hard to find these
0: days. You know what makes me feel the best about it? Is that when my four year old son says to me, Daddy, why do people throw garbage in the woods? I said, I don't know, bud. Well, well, you're not supposed to throw garbage in the woods. We need to pick up the garbage. You know, he is He won't four. do he's hard. Yeah, He's four. And he already knows. And he is. I went in there this morning to wake him up at like 6.45. And I'm like, I rubbed on his back. And he just kind of rolled over. He didn't want to get out of bed. And I said, are we going to go to the woods and pick up garbage? And he whoo, rolls over in the bed real fast. And he goes, I thought you were trying to wake me up to make me go to school. <laughs> I was like, no, buddy, it's Saturday, we're going to pick up garbage. All right, and he rushes down out of bed. He was super excited about getting out there today to go pick up garbage. He was yeah. super excited. When we were fishing a couple weekends ago, and we picked up three garbage bags full.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you had to keep him away from it.
0: Yeah, I'm like, stay, stay back, just get out. There's a lot of briars, man. And not because they didn't want to pick up the garbage, but because they were just it, we were in some yeah. thick, nasty stuff.
1: You know, you're talking about the kids, and I was thinking about maybe why litter has always been a uh, soft spot for me. And I was born in 1971, but in the 1960s there was a a Keep America beautiful anti-litter campaign that um, I think was still going. Obviously, I saw the ads as a little kid. And it featured um, an actor that played an Indian and uh, or Native American you know, paddling a birch bark and things. And then and coming upon all this trash. And then there was a, a single tear. I don't think that there was, I can't remember if there was even words in the ad, but there was a single tear looking at all this litter. And that ad had an impact on me. Cause you're watching like, well, who would throw all this litter in the woods? Like it was just something it was, it didn't, My parents taught me a lot of good lessons, and they certainly never encouraged litter. But they didn't; they were not environmentalists. They weren't in the conservation movement. They didn't do any of those things. Um, but that ad imprinted on me at a young age that that's just something that's not done. Right? They don't run that ad anymore. We run all kinds of crazy ads. Um, and I suppose that's probably because you know TV advertising is really expensive. But as far as uh training up a whole bunch of Younger people, yeah, just from my experience, apparently, how many other people like, how many other old farts like me would never throw garbage in the woods because they saw that crying
0: Indian in? Well, I'll tell you back, this. Man. I'll tell you this. Power Rangers taught me when I was a little kid that if you throw garbage out the window and litter, you lose your power.
1: Yeah, I remember that. the Power Rangers?
0: Yeah, that was like early 90s uh, kids. It wasn't a cartoon. It was like a regular tv show but it was a kid's show i, I know and i was playing some sort of superheroes not i not that old but uh, <laughs> you mean not quite that young well he he's saying that he's
2: not old enough to where he didn't see it
1: <laughs> yeah no i i am conscious of who the power rangers are and by the time i saw them i was definitely old enough to realize like man that's crap <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: those aren't real ninjas
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> That's uh, too well let's go ahead and wrap this up and with the under pressure outdoors tip of the week and i'll kick it off and i'm gonna steal everybody else's and i'm gonna say pack it in pack it out right yeah. it's a real thing and it's not hard to do because if you carried it in you can obviously have the room to carry it out and on top of that it's lighter on the way out once you've used its contents so just carry your trash out and maybe not just your trash you still got some empty space take some other stuff you found yeah like if it's if it's paper just burn it like get rid of the garbage i was
2: gonna i was gonna say they're they're like you talk about you know maybe you necessarily don't have the room but i would say there's a lot of stuff people are like what do you do with it and there's a lot of stuff i'm like set it on fire (laughs) (laughs) right who doesn't love a good fire
0: But, you know, this is one of the things, like, always at the hunting camp, right, we ate dinner on paper plates. Did paper plates go in the garbage bag? Heck no, they went into the fire. Yeah. Paper plates go in the fire, plastic fork goes in the garbage bag.
2: Yeah. You guys are like, what do we do with tires? I'm like, have you a dang hot fire?
0: (laughs) I don't think we want to
1: advocate people out there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah
2: vulcanized river. I that's think, what I said. I think said there's that. some
1: adverse effects when it gets into the atmosphere, like yeah. acid rain, and all that stuff. They used to worry about when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, it's pretty
2: bad. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, uh, just, I don't know. Don't if you're in the woods, don't. You're, you're not in a rush, so don't ever think that you, there, you don't have the time to pick up the trash. If you pass it, why? I mean, why can't you just stop real quick and grab it? Yep. Yeah. Even if
1: you don't pick up every piece, pick up one. Yeah. if everybody picks up one there wouldn't be any
2: yeah i mean you got the time to do it yep so my uh
1: you know listen to some of the things i say in this podcast that people might think i'm a you know genuine bleeding heart or some monster advocate and the reality is i'm not i'm a i'm a guy who's paying his dues right now um and 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 really putting in my time because i've I've had such a a blessed life and hunting and fishing and and it's just kind of how i'm wired and i'm i'm For better or for worse, I'm probably not going to be nearly as active in this space for a lifetime. I enjoy doing it, but it's not something I'm I'm not really born to. But at any rate, as a relatively novice um, person working in the conservation advocacy space as a volunteer, my tip is that if you're going to do something, if you're going to get involved with something like trying to stop a road through the Point Washington State Forest, if you haven't caught that clue since it's the third time I'm bringing it up in this podcast, if you're going to write a letter, call four or five other organizations, let them know what's going on, and share your letter with them, or even maybe offer to rewrite your letter a little differently to meet their needs and make it easy for them, because if you're going through the hard work anyway, get the multiplicative factor, share what's going on Um, I'm a volunteer I don't care who gets credit but like this Point Washington state forest issue where they are trying to drive a road through the single greatest continuous expanse of forest in that area that borders what they call coastal dune lakes that are, are really globally significant and I don't want to sound like I'm not an environmentalist there just ain't many of them it yeah. creates a runoff and all this stuff. This is like a slam dunk that both the Department of Environmental Protection, Department of Ag, Forestry, they've all written opposition, yet a county is still steadfastly trying to pursue this. Um, we're fighting it, and it's been really easy to just pick up the phone and let other organizations know what's going on because this county is not advertising that they're doing it if we hadn't been tipped off by somebody local we wouldn't be fighting it and now we got you know United Waterfowlers, um, thousand friends of Florida Florida Wildlife Federation Florida Audubon um, I'm not gonna even go through all the whole list but we've got a number of organizations that are on board all simply because took the time to pick up the phone. So we now we've got what hopefully is a pretty steadfast and effective effort because we shared the ideas. And if nobody ever knows that it was BHA that led the charge and that other than the people that are listening to this podcast, I don't care. I just don't want that road through that state forest. Yeah. It's silly. We set aside that conservation land for a reason. That's not an anti-development speech. There's two hundred to 300,000 people coming to Florida a year development is going to happen there's going to have to be roads made widened etc but there's plenty of corridors that we can just widen and expand you don't need a new one so i'm pretty passionate about that obviously
2: correct me if i'm wrong but uh the point washington state forest has some some species like woodcock that aren't necessarily spread across the state of florida Mm -hmm. so
1: so they've got um they do they've got some Well, they've actually got some, a lot of fauna or flora that's uncommon. But it's a, they do, they've got woodcock. They've got some, they got, got, there's a guy out there that shot an absolute tanker of a buck this year. They got turkeys. um, And they get ducks. So it's a, it's a pretty cool place. And somewhat like Ocala, there's already dirt roads through it. Um... But, again, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty – oh, a lot of quail. It's yeah. a great forest. Um, I was going to go somewhere else with that. But at the end of the day, we've all entered into this arrangement, this agreement, this mutual trust that we have to set aside some places. You have to have some wild places, man. Yeah. As we talked about, kids need to be able to go there. We need to be able to go there, get our peace. Animals got to have them. Um, so we're going to have development. But once we've set some place aside and said, that place we're not going to develop, we need to hold to that. i don't try to hijack the podcast at the end of it, but maybe we, should, maybe we should do a whole other podcast on this. But if that road is allowed to be pushed through, it pretty much violates that trust or that mutual agreement across the state. You did it one place. It sets a precedent. Because it's convenient, right? Maybe it relieves some congestion. Maybe it doesn't. I feel it doesn't because if you're going to build the road there, and then you're going to go build a whole bunch of houses behind it, then
0: that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that that's you know, exactly like, what yeah, that leads to. Enough, there needs to be a yeah. trade-off
1: there, right? Um, well, if you can do it there, why can't you? Why can't you run one through Rock Springs? Why can't you run one through? Yeah uh you know dupuy why can't you i mean goodness knows it's not like south florida doesn't have a, a massive population It wouldn't it be easy if we just ran a couple of roads through here
0: well why can't we just go ahead and bring this 429 beast right on through ocala up to 75 and make it easier to get there too
2: it's going to umatilla to 75
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly what i'm saying well like i said i mean i understand <laughs> that i want to be
1: real careful here with roughly a million people coming here every three to five years there's going to be development and I don't know how to stop that. I don't know if we should stop that. I mean, I, I definitely have a personal bias because, like everybody else, I hate change and I, I wish it would stay the same. I wish we could roll it back. But being a realist, there's there's going to need to be some changes. Um, but if you've got public land, if you've got a state forest, right? This isn't this isn't a farmer's field. Right. I, I got a whole other topic on that. You know, the last crop and the last crop in every agricultural land of Florida right now is rooftops. Used to be oranges. Now it's roofs. That's really complex. That's more than I can do. But you've already said that's a state forest. That's a wildlife management area. That's adjacent to a state park. Um, How many more designations do we need to put on that thing to say not here? And then for a county, in the opposition of the Department of Environmental Protection, in the opposition of the United States, or not U.S. Forestry, but Florida Forestry, um, and in the opposition of what's a growing number of pretty sizable conservation organizations, all opposing this, you're like, you know, we can't hear you We're on a road here. It's like, come on. It's, it's, it's silly. So at any rate uh, to cap that off, if you haven't already done some listeners podcast, if you go to uh, Facebook, go to the Florida chapter back hunters, English page, or go to the uh, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers page on the internet and go to Issues. There is a petition that you can quickly sign and add your name to the list of people that say, "Are you out of your mind? Why are you putting a road through my woods?" Thank you for the time.
2: Let's do it. Don't forget about the crawfish bowl. Oh, it's coming. Yeah, it's gonna be here for we Quit. know it. I would say it's coming quick. Yeah,
0: March is gonna be gone. And then all we have left is April, and then uh, we're cooking up some crawfish.
2: Yeah. It's going to so. be good. I'm
0: excited. It's going to be good. We're, we're rapidly – we're getting some more tickets bought. Uh, but if you haven't bought your tickets already, I'm tell you, I'll sell them to you the day of the crawfish boil for 20 bucks. But I can only buy so much crawfish.
2: I was going to say that the event says there's, like, it's something like 140 people. Interested, that's not even going, that's just interested.
0: Yeah,
2: Jesus,
1: you need to convert that interest into put some mm-hmm. cash in a the tip there. You know
0: Buy your tickets again. Going yeah. back
1: to BHA, I know that you guys are very kind enough to say that uh, you're going to donate 25% of the uh, whatever's received over the cost of providing the crawfish to backcountry hunters and anglers for to further our work yeah. and advocacy. For consumptive conservation of wild places in Florida. So, once again, props to the <laughs> Under Pressure Outdoor Podcast. I'm almost starting to feel like part of the crew here, but as long as you'll keep having me, I'm going to yeah, keep no, coming Jim, I, and talking BHA.
0: I was going to ask you, when are we just going to make you an official co host at this point? Yeah.
3: Well, you no, know, I'm, I'm open
1: to it. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're going to get a big, healthy dose of backcountry hunters and anglers along the way. So, at <laughs> yeah. least for the next year.
2: Or we so. already give it. Let's let's. Uh... Yeah, I appreciate it.
0: So, I think, uh, well, you know, we, I wrap it up every week. I'm going to tell you. Uh, leave me your five-star reviews, and I'll read your five-star reviews. Well, guess what this week? I've got a new five-star review for you. Oh. tada! All right. So I'm going to make good on my word. I'm going to read it to you. Monday. Today is Saturday, the 13th. We got a review from Skate and Destroy Pizza. I consider myself a lifelong amateur Florida sportsman and randomly stumbled on your show. I have to say that I felt your guest, Jay Stone, was talking right to me. Plain and simple techniques that seem tried and true. Thank you for keeping it real, guys. I'm looking forward to catching up on past episode and what's to come. Sweet. So that was, I mean, hey. And I want to throw it out there that uh, one star guy, if you're still out there somewhere, I don't hate you as much now. I'm not as frustrated with you because... That review pushes back up to five stars and out of the four star rating. <laughs> so uh, your one star review is not really affecting us anymore. Eh. I still wish you would come back and tell me why you gave me one star. Hazley, the guy from
2: BHA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I tell you what though, it's uh, it's really nice to hear that somebody kind of stumbled across us because it means we're getting somewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we are we're getting out there our reach gets further and further and further and further every week. And when you guys leave those five-star reviews on Apple Podcast, there's this mysterious analytic that pushes us further up into the algorithm so that more people randomly find us when they're looking for an outdoors podcast, right? So, leaving those five-star reviews helps us if you're enjoying what we're talking about, somebody else is going to enjoy it too. So, when you leave those five star reviews, they're going to get to enjoy what you enjoy. And on top of that, tell your friends, like just word of mouth, like, hey, have you listened to the Under Pressure Outdoors podcast? These guys are a bunch of beer drinking fools, but they're funny, right? Yahoos. Yahoos. <laughs> Yahoos. I might get a. That probably needs to be a t shirt. I'm a yahoo. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, you guys are great. Um, you know, it's funny. I find. Thank you again. You reached out to us about a year ago because it was during the, I remember it was during the Gobblers and Garbage um, initiative last year because I was, the first time I heard from you, Will, I was actually having lunch at a diner up in, in, in around Astor about doing a podcast for backcountry hunters and anglers. Yeah. So it's been a year and um I started listening. And for Florida and for how things work here and the reality and the laid back nature man I don't think there's a better show on the internet podcast I just man I wish you guys could bottle this stuff up because uh, more people in my opinion really ought to listen to it it's fantastic so thank you very much
2: we appreciate
0: it yeah absolutely I really appreciate that Jim We've enjoyed uh, almost every minute of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been fun. There's been a I few mean, here there. If it wasn't fun, we we wouldn't still be here. Uh, because yeah, Some days it's work, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Especially editing. Editing's got to suck. <sighs> There's an episode on my computer right now that <laughs> I haven't aired yet because I know it's going to be a pain in the butt to edit. Well, but eventually I'll break down and edit it and get it out there. Yeah. You do good work. Cause I know I had one podcast that you were kind enough to have us on there
1: and I left that thing. And I said, well, that pretty much ends that chance to go out and do that again. <laughs> and I listened <laughs> I to it. it and I'm the same like, thing. Was like, Oh my goodness. It sounds wonderful. <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: You know, I, I didn't start out editing these podcasts and then I hit a point where I was like, well, you know what? I need to go ahead and start editing these. It would sound so much better if I did. And now I'm just like, I wish I never would have started editing these podcasts. <laughs> uh, Sometimes. T- but it does it does sound a lot better. I mean, well, I, we went from, uh, uh, like I've said in the past, recording on my iPhone to now we're all sitting here in our own separate chairs with the boom mics and all this out here and headphones and the fancy fan-dangled stuff with the sound effects and all that good stuff. Yeah. But you guys we just
1: can't see it, but ever since you added the gold leaf and the elk heads, you, yeah. know, and the,
3: uh,
1: <laughs> you know, the the bar, the selection of cocktails
2: is just yeah. absolutely fantastic. You Don't mean, think you that know. if we didn't, if we had a gold leaf, that we wouldn't sell it to buy some more podcast <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you the mean the uh, couch is just, uh, I mean, so comfortable. These cows came straight from the uh, King Ranch in Texas. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Was it the, the, uh, the 6S Ranch? Exactly. Oh, that
1: thing was a monster, yeah. yeah. So uh, congratulations on establishing an official, you know, under-pressure outdoor uh, world headquarters. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, A.K.A. Will's Garage. Not even my garage, just a portion of my garage. Uh, and we have these beautiful, the, the masonry work of these cinder blocks. Is just immaculate, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we're getting there. We're gonna build a pretty sweet studio, it's gonna come together. Uh, when, when I've got the money, one of these <laughs> days, yeah, yeah. So, just in case there's a billionaire
1: out there looking for a place to advertise,
0: yeah, yeah. we're here. <laughs> I'll talk all about you. Let's have it. <laughs> but until next week, you guys have a great week, and hey, pick up some garbage. Crawfish boil. Crawfish boil. Pick up garbage. (laughs) See you soon. Mm -hmm. Good night. Good day. Good something. Whenever you listen. Yeah. Just be good.